0: curling fans you've come to the one place with everything you need involving usa curling and more it's the extra extra in podcast with the 12th Inn sports network and hosts price atkinson and joe calabrese get ready for everything you need to know news interviews points of view and club spotlights anything involving usa curling can be found here it's the Extra Extra In Podcast with the Twelfth In Sports Network. Now here are Price and Joe. Episode nineteen of the Extra Extra In Podcast with the Twelfth In Sports Network. I'm Price Atkinson. He is the Godfather. Joe Calabrese. We survived Kalamazoo. We unearthed the tomb as we climbed out. Joe. Once we got home. We apologize. last week. I got a little bit ill, uh, sick, cold, uh, the, the workman like hours that we all put in, uh, kind of caught up to me last week. Uh, Rough trip home, but use that time to kind of recover last week, Joe, as we made it home from Nationals in one piece, and uh, I know we got a lot of catching up kind of to do on the Kalamazoo end, and a whole lot more to do. We got a guest, Phil Shryock from the Granite Curling Club, as those guys out in Seattle hosting the Mixed Doubles National Championship, World Wheelchair Championships, the Scotties have come and gone, the Briars coming up, World Junior Championships, World University Games. I mean, tis the season, Joe, but... How are you, my friend? What a week we had in the zoo.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Price. It was uh quite the uh, championships out in Kalamazoo and you know it feels like I brought that weather back to me in Rochester we're digging out of a bunch of snow here uh, (laughs) in town I hope you're feeling better
0: yeah doing much better I think uh, the three flights I had to take on Sunday getting home from Kalamazoo and then uh, you know the extra hours you're always blessed to have in in, uh, O'Hare with flights being delayed and sitting on planes for four hours without moving breathing in that just wonderful air that we're you know is so good on airplanes but uh turning the page uh getting better this week family's not doing as good kids are sick but you know what i see march it's uh, on the horizon at least here in south carolina it means warm weather we've been in the 60s all week i smell 70s but it's probably about two weeks away but uh you know outside of the rain we're doing good and man i tell you as i mentioned joe Tis the season, and we got a lot to get into with these championships. But you know, we really didn't get to put a cap on uh, on Kalamazoo, and just uh, really we we podcast once there. But just what a fantastic week it was! Just still blown away by what the Kalamazoo Curling Club did. Everybody associated with the event there uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. uh, You know, uh, discover Kalamazoo, uh, the Wings Event Center. I'm still really blown away and buzzing by
1: the week we had in the crowds we had, Joe. Yeah, you know, uh, Wings Event Center, you know, I think I've given it a lot of grief in the past for the, our first <laughs> outing out there being a little bit cold in the booth. But honestly, it's a great venue for this national championships. It's got uh, a, a twelve hundred seat uh, capacity for uh, the finals, which was sold out. But it's also got sort of the learn to curl uh element of of its own curling club outside of that arena in the same building. So um, it's really the best of both worlds where fans can really take uh, in what, what the competition is all about, but also participate in curling. If they, if they, so choose
0: and you 've done more of these, and I 'm not going to belabor the point, but you 've been in so many more of these big arenas and you know that have been cavernous most of the time when we get to midweek, but we never had that feeling in in Kalamazoo because even midweek and Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, when some of the crowds obviously get thinner with people working and such, you know we still had what was amounted to a lot of times a half full building, even the eight a m draws like on a Tuesday morning, it was. Easily a third full, pushing a half full, and that just made good atmospheres, and the players just soaked it in. Love the smaller, love the more intimate event that was the USA Nationals this past year, Joe.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, what's great about this particular arena is that the fans are right right on top of the action. Yeah. Um, being a little bit smaller, uh, I think helps with that in terms of that atmosphere, that fun atmosphere, but you're right. I mean, in, in past events, they've had to bus in school kids to kind of fill the arena in the, in the morning draws. Uh, they didn't have to do that for this event. And, uh, sometimes it's felt like in those early morning draws that BA and I were, were broadcasting in a booth and our volunteers outnumbered the fans. But in this case, that, um, that just wasn't what was going on. No. Uh, no, not at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, if there was any knock at all, and I and there's no knock. I mean, because there's just very little to have any beef at all. I I, you know, I know how much curling fans love to. You know, you love to have the end of the sheet, you know, to have that view to see the rocks running, you know, down the long view, and you know the the VIP section, which was full every single day with the tables right next to our broadcast, uh, you know, position up in the corner. I mean, that was really the only you know ability to have that view in the arena. But I mean, that, that there's no complaint on that. I mean, it's just overall the crowds were fantastic, and then I mean, obviously what we did, on, or you know, what the event staff and Warren Hansen and everybody did on, on Saturday to transform it bringing you know uh, uh, you know chairs onto the sheets down you know at ice level for the finals I you know I had people that were buzzing that were that were asking me what it was like because they saw all the photos and social media was a buzz with uh, wow did that really go down uh, with USA curling I was like yeah it sure did and, and people just people took notice and I'm not talking just here at home I'm talking like north of the border and around the world of curling
1: yeah, certainly it was a sight to see having you know chairs on both sides of the sheet and plus all the uh, folks in the stands. Um, that VIP section was the best buy, I think, in the building, though. I think for $20, you got a table of four and uh, on top of your ticket, and you could sit in the warmth of uh, the warm room with the bar behind you. I mean – yeah, I don't think it gets much better than that.
0: No, it doesn't. I mean, the great. I mean, it was warm in there the whole time. Maybe a little too warm for me, but you know, you had uh, some just some of Kalamazoo's finest uh, hops and barley being poured. Uh, you know, the the curling rocks people could buy to drink out of. You know, the view right there. The concession stand was you know right there. I mean, it just uh, it was really a celebrated week. And Marcus Gleaton and every single person with that Kalamazoo Curling Club who who took it on themselves where they had what a 100 volunteers for that event just again I hope they they pat themselves on the back uh, for weeks and weeks to come cuz I'm sure it'll be talked about as I I believe still the residual is being felt there as they're learned to curl they they just can't uh, they can't have enough of them so many people have been coming out even after nationals is coming gone but you know Joe we, you know on the ice you know, obviously Jamie Sinclair and John Schuster crowned as is, is twenty nineteen U.S. national champions. Both going to the world championship, Jamie to uh, Silkboard Denmark, where I'm I, I'm, I, I can't even put in words how excited I am to to go over to Europe for that and uh, be there for that. Then also Schuster and them uh, heading to the men's world championship up in Lethbridge, Alberta. Um, you know. I feel pretty good about uh, certainly, and that's an understatement, to where both our U.S. teams are going to fit into uh, possible medal rounds and things like that, and, and the podium finishes. But you know, big, any big surprises slash disappointments that you take away from you know from the things that went down that we saw on the ice or with the event overall.
1: You know, I I think it wasn't a a big surprise. The top four teams, uh, you know, were sort of the ones that I think we mostly predicted. I think I put Berkeley into that category, um, and he finished fifth. So I can't feel too uh, bad about my picks. But um, I think maybe the the disappointment might have been Brundage, who finished fourth last year, wound up two and seven. Um, I'm sure that they had higher expectations uh, for their nationals this year. Um, But I was certainly surprised by – some of the youngsters, uh, the Fenner group at, at six and three. Um, di- they were the only team that beat Schuster all week. Um, Scott Dunham had a nice week at four and five, mm-hmm. uh, improved on his Nationals from last year. So those were the, the takeaways I, I took away from the event.
0: Yeah, I thought uh Chase Sennett, uh junior team that I know they had a disappointing uh, US Junior Championships but I, I thought they had their moments uh during the week and you know S- Steve Berklet I thought that was a breath of fresh air uh you know I really like Steve and those guys a lot. I mean they were came within a game of of making the playoffs and you know, I on the Brundage side of things, I mean, I, I know that they had, you know, certainly wanted to do better and have a better showing since they made the playoffs last year. But, yeah, I thought, you know, and it was something I was thinking, you know, before going in, and you and I talked about it, and many people did, is just the field was just the the, the quality field was just so deep this year, especially, I mean, on the women's side, but also on the men's side, too. I mean, that was... I mean, top to bottom, I don't think there's any question. It it was considerably stronger than last year in Fargo, in my opinion. Um, I I do think that that you know had a good bit to do. I mean, because those playoff spots are so coveted. Um, yeah, you know, I thought on the women's side, you know, one of my big I'll say surprise um, w- was was the Sinclair Roth dynamic. And that dynamic, what I'm what I mean by that is Jamie had struggled mightily on tour um this year um especially the last time they were on the ice together as a team when i was there in st john's when they got beat 17-0 in their last round robin game and that was after i believe a 10-0 loss maybe 10-1 before that they were they had to really pick up the pieces joe as a team i mean and they didn't play really in january outside of getting back in uh into the gym on the ice and just going to work and, and and practicing Uh, but Nina had really had a a really good season, had played well, qualified at their last uh, event. Um, That was the Canadian Open in uh, North Battleford in Saskatchewan. I I thought Nina was, I I mean, I thought thought overall she was probably the odds-on favorite to win the thing. I thought Jamie, I kind of had her in a lot of ways maybe in my head uh, in a way expecting maybe to finish third. I thought Corey had just as good of a shot to make the final. So I thought the women's dynamic on the way that played out, uh, to me, was a big surprise. But I think one thing that we can say, though, is when you have the the top challenger, so to speak, to whoever the eventual champ was, in this case, those challengers was Greg Persinger and and Richie Ruinen. And then on the women's side, that was Nina Roth. When you beat a team three times in round robin, in the playoffs, and then in a final, to me, that is the no-doubter, that is the absolute, the best team won.
1: Yeah, I, I guess for in terms of Sinclair, I would say that 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 team has made me a believer. I, I wasn't really sold on them coming into the event. They had had sort of a rocky season, but to beat Nina three times um, really shows their mettle. Um, the only loss they had all week was to Seneca, and you know they were obviously a pleasant surprise um, to some. Um, but you know they they finished five and two in the round robin, and, and certainly deserved. Um, the playoff spot that they got, yep, um, and actually had a very good chance of beating Christensen in that tie breaking uh, or three four game however they' they 're terming it um, and so I think they should be able to hold their heads very high and know that in the next time around they might be right there again and have a have a chance to to win the whole thing
0: yeah, yep, yeah. so. Uh, good luck to Jamie. Good luck to John. Both teams going on to the World Championship uh, coming up uh, starting next month. I will say that one thing on the disappointment side, Joe, I will tell you, I think my biggest disappointment of the week, and there is nothing that will come close to it besides you not getting to pay off the bet and wear the Kentucky hat, <laughs> that just the week got so busy. My biggest disappointment was knocking the power out right before my interview with uh, the That's fifth right. break with Scott Hamilton, where the chair was right there, and, and I was trying to, so I wasn't sitting on scott's lap i tried to move it down a little bit little did i know that was the power switch for the entire 12th in sports network booth that was my biggest disappointment
1: well it's not your fault price we had blown out the power earlier in the week and so uh that was our backup power and so we uh we put it there and then decided no, it's working so well let's not let's not move it we'll just tape things over it and of course we didn't tape uh (laughs) where you happened to put that chair but you know it worked out pretty well it was right during the break we we powered down for a second powered back up and we were ready to go when the uh rock started flowing again
0: curling fans i apologize for that momentary lapse uh, during that session what was that that was during the semis what saturday night so yes it was my fault yes i own it yes i'm sorry yes we still live the tell and uh still brought you uh, the sixth end of those games so all right um you know J- joe sunday uh big day uh anniversary day uh John Schuster the anniversary to the day also my sister's birthday shout out to my sister uh, Courtney Atkinson although she does not listen to this podcast uh February the 24th the day uh you know to a year that Schuster and them won the gold medal and you know, when really this sport changed here in the U.S., and I don't think there's any way else to put it, uh, that uh, this sport has been a lot different since what happened over in Pyeongchang. I know you got to even spend some time uh, with Schuster, and, or with John specifically, uh, there as he came to town last weekend uh, with the Buffalo Curling Club, an event he was doing there locally with you guys.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Buffalo is not my home club. It's about an hour yeah. and a half away, but it was nice. Um, John invited me and my wife uh, to come out to this event and kind of help out with the uh, corporate group that Buffalo had uh, brought John in to, to work with. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got out on the ice and checked. We were able to check out the club, which was great, and heard John speak, a uh, very inspirational uh, half-hour, 45-minute speech about uh, his journey, uh, making it to the Olympics and winning, obviously. Um, and then you know the night happened, and John was ready to fly back home because they had a watch party in, on Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, but there was wind, really bad wind in western New York uh, that most people, I guess, had heard of. You know, the storm cone across the United States, and his flight got canceled. So luckily, Elise and I had booked a hotel in Buffalo, right near the airport. And so John called us up and he says, Hey, how quickly can you get me to the Rochester airport? Cause I have a flight at 10:30." And so this was at about, uh, eight So we, we, he got to the hotel and we, we, uh, drove him all the way back to the Rochester airport. He hopped on a plane and was able to get back to Duluth uh, in time for that watch party. And, and also, uh, to take pictures with the uh, five and under national champions. So that was a uh, quite, uh, It was quite the story, I think, for us to just get a chance to spend some time with John in the car uh, and uh, make sure that he got where he needed to go on time. So I guess we were a chauffeur for the for Sunday morning.
0: That's a fun uh, fun weekend, especially getting right after getting to see him uh, there in Kalamazoo, but to uh, to kind of experience a little of the anniversary on the day to a year. Yeah, that's a pretty neat opportunity. I got to tell you something. um, Share a little insight, literally insight, uh, because you know how I do the social media and stuff with uh, several U.S. teams. And you know a couple of international teams, but but John and them specifically, and you know what we did uh, in working with them during the Olympics last year, and so uh, had an image uh, that I we had had cooked up and it was ready to go, you know, easily a week out uh, to commemorate the anniversary. So sent that thing out on Sunday morning, uh, uh, Twitter specifically. I'll, I'll what I'm going to speak of, Joe. And I, that thing got posted, and it was doing. I, and this isn't going to register maybe for a lot of our listeners, but the metrics on that—that that just one tweet, that one image—I it was it. It honestly took me back to a year ago, the way some of the metrics and the way things were just how fast they were moving on the social media end uh, with that team Schuster on on online digitally. Because at, at least as of today, the last time I looked at it. It was at a quarter of a million impressions, just that one tweet alone, and it was doing about over ten thousand um, impressions per hour uh, through sunday into uh, into the middle of the day on Monday you know the day after to see that those kind of metrics on a post like that, and not just the metrics but also to see in the The responses of uh, people sharing their videos from a year ago, sharing their stories where they were watching, uh, sharing what they were doing, sharing some social media uh, screen caps from a year ago. Man, I was just blown away, and it just it reinforced once again just how moved so many people were by what those guys did in Pyongyang winning that gold.
1: Yeah, I I remember you know where I was. I was at the Rochester Curling Club, and as they were lining up that shot uh, for five, I thought to myself, I really need to take out my camera right now because when am I ever going to see something like this again? And uh, I'm really happy that I did, just because we had a whole bunch of people there, and um, it's something that we'll be able to remember for the rest of our uh, of our lives. So it was it was exciting, uh, obviously, and it's great to kind of relive that.
0: Yeah, it it really was. And so uh, shout out to everybody who did uh, respond and reply with uh, memories, images, video, everything from from that night uh, or morning, I should say, depending on where you were uh, a year ago. But, uh, Joe, we got more to do. Uh, Phil Shryock, our guest interviewed this week, he is the president of the Granite Curling Club in Seattle, Washington. Granite hosting the 2019 Mixed Doubles Nationals, which got underway last night as we are here on Thursday morning, uh, one of the last, in fact, the very last day of the month of February. Uh, So we're going to talk about the Mixed Doubles Nationals in the final segment, but when we come back, Phil Schrock with the Granite Curling Club and the excitement around his club is the mixed doubles nationals have come to town and we will have a whole lot more in that final segment the scotties the world wheelchair championships the world junior championships world university games coming up <coughs> a whole lot more to do here on the extraction podcast with the 12th In sports network we'll be right back Alright, here we go. Continuing on the extraction Extra podcast with the 12th Inn Sports Network. Again, I'm Price Atkinson, joined by our featured guest of the week. We're going to talk with the Granite Curling Clubs. President Phil Shryock. he is uh, welcoming everybody into town as the mixed doubles nationals officially got going last night. As we uh, talk here on Thursday morning, but uh, I know it's going to be an exciting week there at the Granite Curling Club in, in Seattle, Washington, for Phil and everybody. But you know, Phil, welcome in, and I guess we got to say, uh, besides uh, welcome in for the first time, congratulations, congratulations, as you qualified what just recently last weekend for the um, the mixed nationals coming up. Next month in Denver. So well done, good curling, my friend.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely been a crazy week for me, for sure. So,
0: well, let's uh, the craziness obviously is underway there at uh, at the club, and as you guys host this mixed doubles nationals, I guess talk about the excitement uh, with all the membership. As you guys are one of the oldest clubs, uh, you know, curling clubs in the country, founded in 1961, and I know that membership of yours is uh, pretty much everybody's thrilled to have this event there at Granite.
2: No, yeah, it's been really, really exciting. And I think, I, you know, as you know, we hosted nationals a couple of years ago um, in Everett. So having it off site yep. versus have an extra club, it's a little bit different experience um, with the you know, with the U.S. winning gold last year. I feel like the sport is exploding and mixed doubles in particular. The popularity is kind of off the charts right now. So, yeah, the the athlete lineup is kind of incredible. And, yeah, we're super excited to be hosting this.
0: So the mix, uh, Mixed Doubles Nationals there, right there at the Granite Curling Club, how much of the the Granite members, you know, are, you know, in tune, aware, understand, you know, the Mixed Doubles rules? Because, you know, frankly, I mean, it is still a fairly new format and game, and a lot of people are still coming around to it. Certainly a lot of people watching the Olympics, but still a lot of people new to the game that, that don't understand the nuances of Mixed Doubles.
2: Yeah, so good question. Uh, mixed double I, for our club in particular, uh-huh. Um, and I suspect that's been the case with a lot of clubs on the country is mixed, mixed doubles in particular has really exploded in popularity. We actually were, so we have a, our, a Thursday, I'm sorry, Tuesday is our mixed doubles league. Uh-huh. We actually added a second mixed doubles league on Sunday that, and both of them are full just because the demand was so great. So wow. it's, yeah. so I, I think, if, yeah, I do think people are like still a little bit, I, th- I feel like the power play in particular is something that people don't quite understand just yeah. yet, but yeah. I would say people are really coming around to the sport for sure. It really is a different sport in, in a lot of ways.
0: So that so the mixed doubles format uh, itself that that's really been popular within your club because I know I mean a lot of clubs you know they're just trying to get whether it be ice time in, in, in a shared local facility you know but the chance with you guys having just a great dedicated ice and facility there at Granite you know that mixed doubles you get the chance to offer some of those different types of leagues and you know it, it certainly sounds like that is one that's really taken off in popularity with you
2: guys. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, it is definitely a demand on ice because you've got, you know, half as many people playing when you're playing mixed doubles. And we do have, you know, we're about 600 members right now. And, you know, the kind of the rule of thumb for curling clubs is about, you know, uh, 100 people per sheet. So I would say for the first time in our history, we're really pushing the envelope with oversubscription, which is a good problem to have. But, yeah, definitely mixed doubles in particular something that we've kind of tried to make a priority is you know kind of responding to our members wanting to see more of it
0: yep continuing with phil shryock the granite curling club president out in seattle as those guys are hosting the mixed doubles nationals this week there at granite we're going to drill down into that just more in a few minutes but you know real quickly you mentioned the gold medal uh you mentioned your membership over 600 Uh, i mean just that's Simply incredible. what What did the gold medal do for the interest of curling there locally in Seattle and with your club specifically, Phil?
2: Yeah, sure. So we have a very successful rental program uh-huh. um, where you know, and we you know we are blessed in Seattle with having you know companies like Microsoft and Amazon that do a lot of team building events. So yep. that is really um you know those kind of programs have really taken off for us. Um like I said, the membership, we run a spring league um, as kind of a way to uh, to get new members are, mm-hmm. you know, we have a signature, our signature bond spiel is called the April spiel. Um, it's actually going to be the featured bond spiel in the curling news this month. Um, but it's just a fantastic spiel. It actually runs 24 hours a day for, uh, from Thursday to Sunday. So you literally can curl it two in the morning and then get at seven in the. um, just a great experience. But so we, that kind of ends our season and then a spring season runs from, um, it's kind of from April into you know into mid June. Mm-hmm. Um, just explosive membership last year after the Olympics because um, I would say we had 150 new members just in the spring. Wow, based on the Olympics. So yeah, it definitely. We always see an Olympic boost. Um, this this year was just kind of next level for sure.
1: All right. Uh, let's
0: get to the mixed doubles nationals that you guys are hosting. Obviously, uh, we'll have that. Uh, we've got it all on the 12th and Sports Network. You can watch usacurl.org and tsn.us. Catch all the action from start to finish, which started, as we mentioned, last night um, with the first draw, a full set of uh, games today, tomorrow, as the playoffs, you know, come uh, obviously up on the schedule through the weekend. You know, but what is your, what has this been like for your club to prepare uh you know to host this thing? What have you guys done in preparation for the event? No stranger to uh national championships as we were there with you in Everett to what two years ago., uh, but this one right there at the facility itself.
2: yeah, no, it's I guess earlier, it's definitely a, a different experience hosting at your own club. Um, this is a unique thing because honestly, we don't know what kind of attendance we're going to get, uh-huh. and we suspect it could be a lot. so you know when you're in an arena um, you know, you can, you know, you can host a lot of people and, you know, Colamazoo, I think had what, about 1200 peak attendance, which was a sellout. Yep. So, you know, our club capacity is probably around, you know, 250, 300. So we're actually preparing, you know, and it'd be a good problem to have, you know, for the possibility of maybe having some, you know, having to turn people (laughs) away at the door, which I don't think has ever happened before in, in, you know, in a nationals event. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a unique experience because of the nature of being at our club. Um, we've been, you know, we, our leagues ended on Sunday. We kind of spent the whole week just sort of getting ready for things. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: All right, I know tickets, 10 bucks a day, 35 all session passes. You can get more information, curlingseattle.org. What are some of the – you guys have some special things planned around each day, um, activities, you know, at the facility, around it? I know it's been a lot cooler February than uh, what – believe you guys haven't had, what, a day over 50 degrees in the entire month, so probably outside is is not uh, the place of choice. But what, what are some things you guys have planned uh, in conjunction with the event, Phil?
2: Sure. So, um, we had an event at the, we actually had a meet and greet with the athletes at the Ram on Wednesday. The Ram has been a great sponsor for us. Uh-huh. Um, both at the USA curling, this event in particular, um, we actually did a signature beer for the event. Um, that's just going to be sold um, wow. with the Ram just sold at the club. It's called the Broomstack. Uh, of course it's Seattle. So it's a, it's an IPA. Um, but yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. And then we're just going to, um, you know, kind of have, Um, We really want to bring people in off the streets. Um, I kind of want to get that casual sports fan, you know, come out and see curling. So um, we're going to spend a lot of emphasis on just having our members kind of walk around and sort of just ask people if they have questions and kind of want to know anything about the sport. Because as you said... I think people don't always understand curling, and mixed doubles in particular is such a unique creature that, you know, I think that's a really good opportunity for us to just give exposure to the sport, give exposure to our club.
0: See, you're uh, you're making me thirsty. I don't care the time of day, but especially <laughs> a, a, a special craft beer that is IPA hopped. You are speaking my language, Phil.
2: <laughs> awesome
0: yeah that that certainly appeals to me but you know I know it's something that's going to appeal to a lot of fans uh, locally is you know you've got a, a fairly strong local flavor Sean Baton uh, Derek McLean there curling uh, with granite then I think uh, you know the good guys uh, you know in quotes is, is a pretty awesome story is both in, um, um, where I've got it right here in front of me M. Good and Matt Guy you know who uh, curl out of granite to have qualified as, as a team that's going to be a lot of fun for your membership to to cheer on some of the hometown, uh, I don't want to say heroes, but some of your hometown members.
2: No, for sure. That hometown flavor, you know, is is definitely uh, really, really fun. And, you know, I I was talking to Derek last night. You know, it's always fun for him to get back into town. So, yeah, it's going to be great.
0: All right. Uh, what else? What, you know, as we talk about Granite, you guys founded in 1961. I want to bring up something uh, specific. You guys have, have kind of recently launched. But what are some of the things that make uh, Granite unique as one of the oldest clubs in the country, Phil?
2: Yeah, so I think, yeah, there's just – I. so I, I kind of refer to the curling club as a church basement with beer. And, you know, you <laughs> – So it's that notion of that sense of community, that sense of like, you know, the third place, you know, kind of, you know, the place where everyone knows your name. I really, you know, we are really tight knit club. Um, I was personally a part of, you know, I came in in 2010, so I was a part of that Vancouver, uh, Olympic rush. And I just, you know, we just really, um, you know, I I really try to balance the club in terms of like that being competitive. You know, we're very proud of the fact, we actually have the most national championships of any curling club in the U S um, but at the same time, kind of like the great thing about curling for me is there's something for everyone. Like some people want to be competitive. Some people just want to, you know, come throw some rocks, you know, in this, the supper league and, you know, have a couple of beers afterwards. And I think that's really just, you know, what makes us unique is just that sense of community. Um, Just on the West coast in general, I feel like the sport is growing rapidly. You know, we, you know, we've been around for a long time and you know, we're, Great to see, you know, Portland coming with the club and San Francisco with the club and have Denver have some success in Phoenix. And it's just trying to build that curling club culture and just curling culture on the West Coast is something that we're very proud of.
0: Yeah. And I think you know, something you mentioned right there is it makes it even more impressive because you talk about all the you know national championships and hardware you guys have won, you know, it, you guys are based in the West Coast. It's not like you guys are right there in you know the Midwest, Twin Cities, Wisconsin area. You know, so I think that's extra impressive. I mean, shout out to Steve Lundine and his team. I mean, they're right now at the U.S. What, Senior Men's Championship. You, I mean, you guys have Granite Curling Club entered. It seems like there is a flavor, there is a team feeling like in almost every national championship we have with USA Curling, including you know the team you're a part of that's going to be at Mixed Nationals next month.
2: Yep, and Luke Violet was just at Worlds. um, Yep. Also going to World University. Yeah, so definitely, again, like I said, that competitive part is something that we're very proud of. And like I said, curling club culture in the U.S. is definitely, you know, kind of, I feel like, centered in the Midwest. And, you know, we're definitely trying to, just be a part of that conversation, be a part of that culture and sort of like help grow the sport everywhere.
0: All right. Talk uh, real quick before we let you go, as we wrap up with Phil Shryock, the club president with the Granite Curling Club in Seattle. Uh, Something you mentioned to me, uh, I think it's just awesome. A local program, uh, a wheelchair program locally uh, for the VA uh, specifically. And that's something that the USCA has gotten behind. Talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So my my wife is actually a a military kid. Um, Her father was in the air force Mm -hmm. and, we were approached a few years ago by the VA. They just wanted to do an adaptive curling program. And, you know, again, ice time is always tough, but we really, something that we really thought was great. You know, again, having the sport be more accessible to more people. And we launched this program. My wife has done a great job with it. And it's really grown from every time we bring it. So we do it about once a month and it grows every single time we're up. You know, we get 25, 30 people out there now and, almost to the point where we're actually having capacity with the adaptive program. So we're looking to expand that, maybe do an adaptive league. And it's just, you know, it's just really rewarding to see, you know, to be out there and to see, to give someone the chance to compete, maybe where they don't have that in their everyday life Yep. is, you know, and um, in particular um, one of the things I love about it the most is when um, a veteran will come do it with their family. So it's like, they come do it once they're like, Hey, can I bring my kids next time? And just, That's another thing I love about curling It's just there's not many sports that, you know, you can have a family of four that plays on a team together. There's just so many things about the sport that, you know, that I really find rewarding.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. It is rewarding at a multitude of levels, uh, and that's what makes our sport so, so very special. But uh, Phil, just uh, you know, quick shout out to uh, all your club members, all your volunteers. Uh, I know it, it takes an army to put on one of these type of events, and you know a lot of people, I'm sure, stepping up there uh, at Granite to make this uh, just incredibly successful week and weekend for you all there at the club. Absolutely. All right, well, Phil Shryock, the club president of Granite Curling Club, thanks for a few minutes, and uh, certainly uh, good curling, good luck this weekend with the Mixed Doubles Nationals right there at your club, Phil. We wish you guys all the best, and thanks for the time today.
2: Thank you so much. Appreciate it. exposure. pleasure
0: all right appreciate Phil Shryock again the president of the Granite Curling Club few minutes as he uh, is embarking and the club is on a very very busy few days hosting the mixed doubles nationals uh, in Seattle so thanks to Phil for that time today and you can watch uh, the games stream live as you did uh, nationals back in Kalamazoo you can see these certainly TESN.us dot US and USACurl.org feature games every single day all day you Know, as we get into the playoffs over the weekend but make sure you check out the stream brought to you by the 12th in sports network and good luck to uh, to steve and ba out there but when we come back joe and i the godfather himself he will return and we will wrap up this episode of the extra extra podcast with the 12th in sports network when we come back don't go anywhere Final segment, episode 19, the Extra, Extra Podcast, Bryce Atkinson, and joined again by the godfather himself, Joe Calabrese. Appreciate Phil Shryock, again, the president of the Granite Curling Club in that last segment, Joe. A lot of excitement out there. Is That club is, obviously, as, as Phil and I were talking, a long-storied history founded in 19, 1961. Uh, has won so many different kinds of national championships uh, uh, across the curling landscape here in the United States, but uh, hosting that event for the very first time, a ton of excitement in Seattle, as I know you have connected with uh, Steve and our man BA out there on the ground that they're uh, pretty pumped.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, it's exciting for us to get an opportunity to stream the mixed doubles and I'm sorry, I'm not able to be there. Uh, Work uh, commitments sort of stopped me from being able to make that trip, but, uh, Brian and Steve are out on site and they're ready to go and uh, excited uh, to bring that to everybody for this whole week.
0: Yep. So don't forget, to, and we are going to talk about mixed doubles here in Just a few minutes, so we got a few other things to get to real quick. But every single, uh, there will be a draw broadcast as usual, TESN.us, also usacurl.org, feature games uh, all day from the Granite Curling Club starting, I believe, at least today. If you're listening to this uh, podcast, they will start at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So plenty of time. Uh, Make sure you tune in to the TESN web stream. Uh, as we will be bringing you the start to finish from the 2019 USA Curling Mixed Doubles National Championship. We'll put more on that in a few minutes. Before we go back to USA Curling, Joe, going across the border to the Scotties, I, I know you probably have a strong reaction to what happened uh, there in Cape Breton in Sydney, Nova Scotia on Sunday. I personally can tell you I am still in, in disbelief. As Rachel Holman was on cruise control, up five to one on Chelsea Carey, uh, ends up going five to two at the break. But boy, that is when things change. And the fact that Rachel Holman came up light on two draws, both for the win, Chelsea Carey literally steals uh, the victory, wins the Canadian uh, national championship at the Scotties, and is going to the world championship. What? Uh, what were your thoughts, Joe? I, again, I am still in disbelief.
1: Well, I'm going to be honest with you, price. Although um, Chelsea was making a comeback, um, being up a couple uh, towards the end of the game, I sort of figured, you know, Homan's got this covered. I'm not, not so concerned. I actually turned it off. And, and when I saw on social media that Chelsea had uh, gotten the win, I, w- I was in shock as much as you were. And um, it's not as if Chelsea was playing particularly great, but they, she seemed to make enough shots to kind of put Homan in trouble. Um, and, uh, as you said, lay on a couple draws and, and game time, and now Chelsea heads to Worlds.
0: Yeah, I mean, just, you know, Holman, in a lot of players, I mean, in, in a lot of people had complained about the ice conditions all week, and, you know, I, I my take on the ice conditions is this. The ice pl- is the same for everybody. It's not bad for one team. It's not good for the other. Yeah, other t- teams have certain strengths and can adapt – quicker than others but at the end of the day I mean it's the same for everybody and can you pick it up can you read the changes the the differences and I think that that was a big problem for team Holman they you, you saw them complain verbally a lot of uh, uh, non-verbal communication body language and verbal communication throughout the week uh, especially on the day they lost uh, two games I don't remember what day that was but you know you, you obviously uh I, I just they seem tentative uh and that's just very out of character for them especially when Rachel's got uh, made some couple questionable calls i will say in terms of what they decided to do as the game came down the stretch and Chelsea stole a couple to get back in it but uh, just, I mean, I hope the briar and the briar obviously starts Friday night with the, um, the now play in game. What well, this is year three of that. You will have Brendan Botcher and John Epping on Friday night. I just hope the briar lives up to what we saw the way the Scotties finished Joe.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I certainly hope that it will. I mean, it, normally it's the most competitive and, and yeah. maybe the best play of any particular championship all season. Sure. I guess what I'm trying to figure out price, um, is, is, are you rooting for, uh, Ontario or this time around, or what What are you doing? You
0: know, it's funny that you asked me that, um, you know, having gotten to know a lot of these guys this year, you know, I'm, uh, R- 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 Carruthers and, and, uh, and, and Haji, those guys, uh, you know, team Carruthers, Mike McEwen. I mean, those guys are, are, are really awesome. I, I really like all those guys. So I, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for them um, just because they've they've just been really nice, good to me, and I I just enjoy being around them all. Um, I got to tell you, though, that uh, also uh, Scott McDonald, the team from Ontario, that really kind of, I I don't think it's a stretch to say, they pulled a big upset uh, winning Ontario. Um, Getting to know uh, Scott Chadwick and Jonathan Buke, what, their uh, second in their uh, vice skip. I I mean, I'm I'm pulling pretty hard, to be honest, for Ontario, um, and then the third team, probably where my heart might be the deepest, and this is probably a mistake, is is good, my good friend Robbie Doherty, uh, who is the operations manager for the Grand Slam of curling, all those events. He's going to be curling for, uh, for Prince Edward Island uh, in John Likely's team. And so... Uh, no PEI <laughs> if they can do anything like Suzanne uh, Burt did uh, at the Scotties and make the playoffs that, that will be just beyond a shock that people will talk about for years to come if PEI could qualify but you know Robbie's a good friend and so I kind of got my heart in a couple different places uh, you know certainly I, I got to know Gushu and them a little bit I, I really like Martin Nichols and and uh Jeff Walker a lot I mean just so many good guys but it, you know I guess if my heart's going to be anywhere, it's be with Robbie and PEI. And I'll be pulling for, for Ontario and, and, and Reed and Haji and those guys. You, you got a dog in the fight at all?
1: Uh, you know, I think I would like to see Brad Gushu make it. I think, uh, I, I think they're the most consistent team generally on tour, but I, Epping is in the wildcard game, right? I'd yep. kinda like to see them make it in and then, you know, make a run. Normally the wild card teams do pretty well in these events. Cause they're, they're generally very, very good teams. Yep.
0: Yep, and usually, and I always say this, and and it goes for curling too, whether it's uh, baseball or even sometimes football, but really I think baseball is is the closest thing. Is, you know, when you have a wild card team that makes a playoff, usually it's by the skin of their teeth that they got in. And so, you know, uh, it's kind of that wounded animal um, analogy that, you know, when they're wounded and their backs against their wall, they're the most dangerous sometimes. And that's why oftentimes you do see a wild card team. You know, make a make a run, make a run at uh, you know at winning a championship. I mean, Scheidegger was the wild card at the Scotties, and you know they made a nice run uh, last week. But yeah, I mean, and look, I mean, Brendan Botcher. I left North Battleford after they won uh, the Canadian Open last time. I saw those guys. I was convinced Brendan Botcher's team is the best team in the world in men's curling right now, and I honestly still believe that. I know they lost uh, Ontario. Um, but I, I still think that uh, Botcher still might be the best team in the world. And the fact they are in the wild card game, wow. Wow. So
1: Yeah, that's going to be a great matchup.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun. So the Briars starting on Friday. But let's get back to the U.S. side of things. Before we talk about the mixed doubles, uh, nationals going on uh, out in Seattle, Joe, a couple, uh, couple housekeeping things, uh, things to look back on before we look forward. Uh, the World Junior Championships went down. And uh, also in Nova Scotia, uh, this one uh, in Liverpool, Nova Scotia. I, it, no doubt about it. I don't think there's any other way to sugarcoat this show. I, I think if a disappointing week for the, uh, the 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 two junior teams for the U.S. Uh, Kate Flannery and, and uh, Team Stopera. Uh, Flannery they finish eighth and believe they were relegated uh, to the B event next year due to their finish. And I thought that Stoperman, I mean, as competitive as that event is, I mean, he had some really good teams, Canada, Scotland, uh, some of the others. I thought Stoper would find a way on the podium for sure, Joe. I thought there's just no way that those guys would be shut out of the medals. They did not even qualify.
1: Yeah, you know, it definitely is sort of a disappointing week for both teams. Uh, certainly probably a little bit more for Stopera, just because I think the expectations yeah. uh, for them coming in were, were pretty high. Uh, but they finished just off the the uh, playoffs. And, you know, I, yeah. certainly a winning record is a good thing at Worlds at any time. But uh, I'm sure they're going to come home a bit disappointed from that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, congratulations to both for making it in a great uh you know, great opportunity for both to curl on that stage. But as you mentioned, you know, Stouper, they had been there. Um, they had had that taste of that before. And, you know, I know they were looking for more. And so, you know, but just a shout out for a couple great seasons by both those teams. And now still and them, they will be heading to the World University Games in Russia. Alex Fenson going to step away from the Young Bucks and do a little duty uh, on the junior circuit. Uh, at World University Games curling with uh, Luke Violet. Uh, Uh, That will be his uh, brother, Graham Fenson, as well as Andrew Stopera there. So certainly good luck to them at the World University Games and an opportunity to represent their respective universities. The World Wheelchair Championships, those are also uh, coming up. And want to send a uh, special shout out and good luck uh, to uh, the Team USA. That's going to be uh, skipped by uh, 2018 Paralympian Steve Demp. He's going to be making his first, fourth, excuse me, his not first, his fourth World Championship appearance. Matthew Thumbs, David Samsa, uh, Pam Wilson, and then uh, Megan Leno, who is a two time Paralympian herself. Uh, they're going to be taking the ice in Sterling, Scotland, starting on Sunday at the peak. For the 2019 World Wheelchair Championships, Joe, certainly a big shout out to them and uh, go Team USA from us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Go Team USA.
0: (laughs) All right, Joe, uh, let's see. We've got the uh, U.S. Senior Nationals going on right now. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there.
1: Yeah. You know, the Heather curling club, we had them on a few weeks back and talked a little bit about uh, hosting this event, a big field on the men's side. Uh, and then uh, the women's side is actually a different location altogether, but um, on the men's side, um, you know, some f- familiar names out there, Dwayne Jacobson, uh, Mike Farbelow, um, Lionel Locke, Gert Messing, uh, Paul Pustavar, Steve Shuttleworth. I mean, this is Lyle Sieg. I mean, th- these are teams that are are pretty solid and, you know, not sure how this is going to all turn out. Um, but it's, it's going to be a really exciting field. And, uh, our affiliate is, is webcast in the event on org. So if you have any interest in any of these teams, uh, you're going to want to check it out while you're, uh, in between mixed double straws, maybe.
0: Yep. So, uh, good luck to everybody there, uh, in Mapleton. And, uh, just, you know, this is the season right now. Championship season is now in full bloom. And, you know, one of those championships, Joe, as we, um, uh, Kind of close up with this the mixed doubles nationals uh, going on right now at the Granite Curling Club and you've got um, you've got twelve teams separated in Pool A and then Pool B um, you've got a nice uh, flavor of some of the local guys uh, Derek McLean from the Seattle area uh, Sean Baton uh, Seattle obviously good guy uh, in Pool B uh, another uh, local team so. You know, excited to have that local flavor in the mix with obviously probably, I would think, the co-favorites, the Ham Fam, Beck and Matt, they're in Pool B. And then you've got the defending champions, Sarah Anderson and Corey Dropkin in Pool A.
1: Yeah, you know, we're going to be kicking off uh, coverage on uh, Thursday today uh, with... Persinger-Ply, sinclair Baton in the first game, uh, uh, Christensen-Schuster and Anderson and McLean in the second game, and then walker Lichter in the Hamiltons in the third game. But that's just you know three games of a full week of web streaming of this particular event. Again, you'll find that on usacurl.org. Um, I'm really excited because we've got some really great play-by-play and color commentators, uh, a lot of the competitors in the event. Uh, Phil Tilker is going to be lending his voice. Uh, Phil Dropnik is going to be lending his voice. Uh, I'm really excited to he, sort of hear the strategy for mixed doubles because it's really different than uh, the team game.
0: Yep, you got the Stolts, uh, Maureen and Pete playing together in Pool B. I mean, there's, you know, Corey and John, uh, they're playing together. Corey Christensen, uh, John Schuster, they're playing together and they made the finals of the Olympic Trials. Uh, as we remember, they're in Pool A. Um, I, I, to me, this is trying to pick a winner in this is you know, throwing dice, you know, at the carpet. I I guess basically I'd look at if it's not the ham fam and if it's not Sarah and Corey Dropkin, I, I don't know who would be.
1: Yeah. I mean, this event is really interesting, right? Because it's sort of a mix between mixed double specialists and HPP uh, athletes that have sort of formed teams together. So, I mean... <sighs> There's 12 teams in this event and honestly I think there's probably 8 mm-hmm. or 9 that can realistically say that they have a great chance at this. Mm-hmm. If I if I you, know, you look at Roth and Nürnberger or Peterson and Polo, I mean those are solid teams too. I mean like yeah. there's just no there's no easy game in this for anybody and so it wouldn't surprise me if we had a bunch of tiebreakers at the end of this
0: yep the winner of this will advance to the world championship in late April that one to be played in Norway so that would be a awesome opportunity not just to go visit Norway but man to go curl uh, at the mixed doubles uh, world championship over there uh, there in Norway so good luck to everybody again everything Joe gonna be streamed live TESN.US also USACurl.org uh, what a better way. Uh, what a great way to pass some time while you're at work and to have curling up and uh, don't let your boss make sure you got your headphones on. But uh, that's the perfect work day uh, uh, break, if you ask me, while you're uh, trying to get the lead out late in the week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it's, there's no doubt there's going to be a lot of lost productivity this week uh, with uh, with mixed Stubbles with the, the briar uh, over the next couple of weeks. So there's going to be a lot of folks kind of, you know, Watching their watching over their shoulder making sure their boss isn't watching
0: all right Joe that's gonna about uh, that's gonna about do it what do we got uh, to wrap it up here you got any uh, final parting shots after having the week off I hope you got refreshed because we got uh, you know busy spring you know spring's gonna get to me a little bit sooner than it does you up there in uh, Rochester but uh, you know in anything final to close out episode 19 is uh, I know you're gonna be on standby and you know maybe just saying a prayer for BA or, uh, or two while he's out in uh, Seattle.
1: Yeah, good luck to those guys out there. Absolutely, uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking about them all the time. And then, you know, the only other thing I'd want to say is go Rochester team Pooley. Uh, got out of the GNCC mix. They'll be going to nationals. Very excited for them. Also, Hunter Claussen, uh and his team made it out of GNCC uh, mixed, and so it's two teams come out of the GNCC. Uh, so very excited for both those teams and uh, they'll be playing in Denver uh, in a few weeks.
0: Yep. Congrats to all the teams that are, will be in Denver at the mixed nationals, but uh, that's going to do it. Appreciate Phil Shryock joining us a little bit earlier and no, uh, certainly good luck to the granite curling club, a great opportunity for them to host this national championship. Uh, good luck to everybody. Uh, They're competing and good luck to everybody. That's going to be taking it in for the first time. I hope Seattle uh, and a lot of sports fans come out and embrace it and, and enjoy it. But Joe, uh, until next week, episode 20, we'll have our guest lineup. up. Something tells me it'll have a little bit to do with Mixed Doubles National and maybe who uh, our two winners might be. Uh, but we'll do this again next week right here on the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th and Sports Network. Joe Calabrese, the godfather himself on Price Atkinson. We will see you again next week. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th Inn Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast.